Hey everybody, welcome to the Juhu Roadshow Podcast. I am, well, I'm the Juhu in the Juhu Roadshow Podcast. Justin Hunt here with you. Uh, I've got a really interesting show I'm excited about. I'm going to be talking with um, my old boss, um, Scott Micklin, and we're going to talk about the state of journalism today. So uh, Lance is going to lay down some music for you. When we come back, we're going to talk about, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about a lot. So Lance, lay it down, buddy. All right, welcome back, uh, Lance. Thanks for the music, homie. Um, Scott Micklin, good to see you again. Those or are talk some to you again. sick beats. Those are some sick beats. I just right? want to say that. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Scott. Yeah, thanks for having me back on the show. Absolutely, man. You may remember Scott from uh, not too long ago. He was on our, our Monday episode of the podcast. We did a couple of shows talking about how we work together. And so, if, if you want to learn more background on that, go check those out. Yeah. Um, but uh, I wanted to sit down and talk with you because I respect you as a journalist. Um, I think that, well, I, I was going to say we share the same mindset about journalism, but I think my mindset of journalism came a lot from you. From you. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, you know, your, uh, your stance on what journalism is supposed to be was very much in line with what, you know, like Jim Burgess was another big influence in right. my life. and. We kind of have this old school mentality uh, of what journalism is supposed to be. Sure. So to you, like in a nutshell, w what do you think our job is as journalists? Well, I've always thought the job of a journalist is to kind of present, you know, all sides of a story and mm -hmm. let the public decide what they think is the right answer, the right solution, whatever, whatever the story is. And, right. and that's kind of an old school way of thinking because now we see a lot of journalism that is more partisan, more one-sided, more advocacy journalism. And while I think that can be good, um, you know, you still have to be aware of, of you know, that, that if you're going to take a stand, then, you know, there's a whole other group of people that are going to be upset with you for, for, go, for picking one side over the other. Right. Well, and I think that, uh, you know, I think where journalism has gone wrong, in my opinion, is that journalists have now somehow um, ingratiated themselves to the stories to where they think they're part of it. Right. And, and, and you're not part of it. Right. And you may have an opinion, but you're not supposed to share that opinion unless it's in the right forum. Sure. If it's in the forum of being editorial, then you share your opinion. Right. And uh, we see a lot of, well, and we see a lot of personality journalism, too, which I don't necessarily And what like. do you mean by that? Well, I mean, like some of the television programs that are hosted by personalities. And, oh, gotcha. and, and some people think they're newscast, and they're really not newscasts they may be presenting news stories but there are usually a one-sided view it's of more a, of an editorial of a news story and it's an editorial it's an opinion piece yeah, yeah exactly and and you know the, the guy that, that that comes to my mind my guy is ed murrow and i i mean right. i know you know ed murrow yeah, well sure. not know well, him, I, but, yeah we, but we, you, you well, know I, of him <laughs> and and for those of you that don't know I'm edward not R. that murrow, old but yes. thank you <laughs> I thought maybe you guys went to school together or something. Right, yes. Um, for those of you that don't know who Edward R. Murrow is, um, the best thing I can tell you to do is go watch uh, Good Night and Good Luck. Right. Um, that's, a fantastic, that's a fantastic biopic of Ed Murrow and what he went through with McCarthy. Um, and you talk about someone who maintained their standard of journalism and ethics. That's, that's what it's supposed to be about. Right. It's supposed yeah. to be about, I might not agree with you, um, but that's not my job. My job is to report the story, give people fair information from both sides, and let them make their own assessments. Right. And that's what I've actually tried to do in my films as well. Right. Is, you know, I I, I make movies where um, I'm not trying to lead you in one direction or another. I just want to give you the information, and then you can make your decision from there. We've lost that. Right. Well, uh, yeah, unfortunately, and that's too bad. 
I, I think, you know, I've, I've noticed it over time. I don't watch the news much anymore. I don't know if you do. Um, I, and yeah. Not TV news. I mean, you know, I'll, yeah. I will certainly listen to the news on, on radio. Right. Um, but I really, you know, there's, a, there's, a, there's numerous reasons why I don't watch television news anymore. But, right. um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of scary when you do. Yeah. Well, and it's disappointing. Yeah. Um, you know, quality quality has suffered, um, in my opinion, and, and, you know, ethics have suffered, and, and just uh, just journalism has suffered. Right. But and, and to be clear, I mean, I, I teach a class here at Samuel College in mass media, and so I talk to my students every semester about every year when I teach the class about how, you know, mass media, though, is a business – Mm. And when you're in a business, you're in the business to, to make money. Make money. Now, here yeah. we are at, at KSJE, which is a uh, public radio station, so it's not our job to make a profit and to make a lot of money. And so, you know, our mission is a little bit more different. But when you're right. at a at a affiliate and uh, you know a television mm-hmm. network affiliate with an evening newscast, yes, the job is to bring information to your audience, but it's also to do it profitably. And, and any way they can figure out how to do that, they will they will do that. And that's what we see, I think. Well, that's always, I mean, that is the tug of war, especially at local, no, at the local level. Right. Is, you know, um, the the sales side is trying to make money for the station and the news side is, well, at, at least in our time, was trying to do the news. Right. And, you, you know. We, time was they weren't connected. Right. And, and you know, we saw we saw more value in the news and they saw more value in selling stuff. Right. And so you have to find that balance. And But things have changed a little bit. But if we ever wanted to do a negative story on a car dealer, oh, my goodness, it would have taken. Um, oh, yeah. A, an act of Congress to. Yeah, exactly. Try to get that on the air because that was that was tough. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, like you said, in a business sense. I mean, I could see their perspective, but mm-hmm. then we're not—we're not in sales. We were trying to do right. good stories, but uh, it's not the—it's not even the business side of it that's changed so much. It's—it's it's just the journalism side. And something happened, and I'll—I'll I'll, I'll take on the burden of of laying this out because I'm the one that brought this to to the table and wanted to have this conversation. Um, you know, not well. It's a, we witnessed it right unfold. So yeah, not too long ago, unfortunately, um, you know, I don't live in this area anymore. But um, I saw because of social media, and we'll talk about that as well. But I saw what was happening at uh, in Aztec, New Mexico, at Aztec High School. There was a very, very uh, sickening, unfortunate event where a couple of students were killed. And and frankly, you know, it, it's sad. Yeah, for the for the kid that 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 did it and then eventually killed himself, you hate to see that for his family as well. Of course. So it was just all around bad. Correct. And so, and one of those you know tragedies that you think is not going to happen in your town, and right. then all of a sudden it happened in our town, and so it made a lot of people in this community stop and think, oh my goodness. Yeah. You know. And and you you don't you don't get up on a on a Tuesday or a Thursday and expect something like that. So That's right. you you know you're thrust into this situation that you're not ready for. Right. And frankly, that's what I think happened with what I'm about to talk about. So to, to give you some background in case you're not aware, if you're not from this area, or you're, there was a gentleman that walked into, he pretended to be a student right. to get into the school. Um, and right after school started, he hid in a bathroom. Um, a student came in to use the restroom and he shot and killed that kid student, right and then walked out into the hallway and there just happened to be another student in the hallway he killed that student and then eventually killed himself right that's the gist of the story that's all i want to get into okay as far as that is concerned um, his plans apparently were much much, much bigger. worse yeah he was going to take a, a classroom hostage and had posted this on social media but that's not where i'm wanting to focus this particular thing on because what got me was um 
I was able to watch online the live broadcast from uh, KOB TV, which is our old boss. Right. Uh, and what unfolded to me, even though I haven't done this for, geez, I think I'm going on, uh, let's see. I mean, I'm, I, I'm going on 12, 13 years now, maybe longer. Right, right. I, I was embarrassed that I was a journalist. Sure, to watch what you watched. To watch what I watched. And, and what I watched, and then I, I want to get your opinion, what I saw, my... The, so this is at noon, right? This was this at is noon. maybe four hours after the yeah, incident. Yeah, the shooting happened, happened at like eight or nine. So so like any media organization, they're gonna mobilize and start getting crews to the scene. And of course Albuquerque is at least two hours away from Farmington, two and a half. Yeah, two and a half. From Aztec. And so so their crews had probably, you know, just just arrived uh, not too long before what you saw. Well, yeah. Well, and what I saw didn't even involve one of their crew members, it involved the anchor. Okay. So they've got this they've got this young man on the desk and when I say young man he was young to be in a top 50 market and he's on the desk at noon. Right. Um he wasn't But of course everybody looks 12 to me. Um, well, yeah, to these days I'm but. I, I'm kind of getting to that age yeah. myself. Okay. But but this young man and I don't know his name and even if I did I wouldn't say it. Um this young man number 1 looked too young to be handling that story at that time. Right. And didn't have the experience of, that he that they needed to have on the desk at that time, and so what he did was they got a student on the phone. I mean, things were still chaotic. The kids were still at the school. They were, in, you know, I think had just been released from lockdown. Right. Um, he police got, were going through. Pardon me for keep no, no, no. Go ahead. But police go ahead. were going through and clearing the building. They 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 seemed to have identified it was just a single suspect who was dead. And, and so all yeah, the shooter was, was down was, was all they happening. had said. Yeah, right. the shooter was down. So they were working to clear the buildings, make sure nobody else was around, make sure nobody else was injured or hurt. And then they had to keep all the kids, the students together as they then figured out how to reunite them with their parents. So in essence, this is a situation that is still unfolding. Exactly. And I don't mean in I don't mean in an investigatory sense. I mean it's still happening. Correct. Um, we're not exactly they're not exactly sure what is going on and you know they said the shooter is, was down, and that's all that there really was. The kids were still, you know, parents had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, they hadn't mobilized and moved the kids away from the school. They were trying to figure all that out. Right. And this this show goes on at noon. So the, so the station gets a student on the phone. So the, the station gets a student that was inside the school during the shooting on the phone. Okay. And this, this, this young guy, this anchor for a KOB, a top 50 news station, has the student on the phone and well first they 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 had one student on the phone and he asked you know what can you tell us about the victims and again right off the bat not good mm-hmm. um inappropriate because of the age of the student and also put yourself in the position of what they have just gone through sure right um and that that student couldn't really say who they were wasn't sure gave some details about what they experienced in the shooting but i'm going to tell you you could tell you could tell just by listening to, I mean, it was like it was like blood in the water that they were close mm. to getting a name, right, or something, right. Okay, and and so instead of recognizing, this is the way I saw. It. I want to hear your part, but the way that I saw it was that they got excited that they got so close to getting that. So then they got another person on the phone. Is that correct? I I didn't see the clip that you saw. Okay, so I'm just gonna. I'm just okay, going to react go to what you're describing, but you know, but but at this point, officially, the police and the investigatory folks have not released um, any names of any victims or anything. We all we knew was that maybe two people were 
were dead and the shooter was down. Well, at down. that point, they were saying there was up right? to 15 injured. Right. There were a lot of, lots of misinformation going on, right. that's for sure. But, but the fact of the matter is nothing had been established. That's correct. So then they get another person on the phone and push this, this teenager, and I also think it was a girl, I'm not positive, mm-hmm. push them until they say a couple of names, and then they report those names as the victims of the shooting. Right. Okay. We're going to time out right there because that – I, I was I was disgusted by that. Right. And I don't I mean I, I don't want to put you on the spot cuz this is my show and I'll take the responsibility for it. Well, you called them out. Yeah, I did. I yeah. did on social media cuz right. it's bullshit. Sorry. It is. That first of all, you don't put a child in that kind of situation. Second of all, let's recognize the fact that this is still ongoing. Third of all, Nothing has been confirmed. As a matter of fact, they didn't confirm the names. State police didn't even confirm the names of the victims until after 10 p.m. Right. And this, they're reporting the names at noon. Right. And so, you know, what if, you're, what if your child goes there? Or what if you were actually one of the parents? Right. Or what if, what if the name was wrong and you were the parent of the, of, of of the, the wrong, wrong name? Yeah. Or you were, you know, oh, or I, yeah. you were the parent of the actual victim, and you thought, okay, well, my child's okay. Right. And then you, it's the dangers of live television. I mean, yeah. that's part of it. And then it's it's also just bad journalism. Well, and that's the thing. It, it is the dangers of live television, but it's also the dangers of where we are now, as far as journalism is concerned, and people not actually right doing the job right. Right. Not that I want to defend them, but again, it's a competitive business, and so. You remember, but at what cost, though? I agree. I agree. But you remember when we were when we were doing that type of thing. That was the worst part of the job that I hated: going up to the victim of a crime or someone whose kid has just died, right? And trying to interview them. Oh, I, that was that's the worst. The, the, and so, you know, I understand the drive to do that, to hear that story, and to add that to the narrative of what happened. Maybe not just four hours after it happened. Maybe the next day, or or while it's unconfirmed, or, or yeah, while I mean that's yeah. I mean, it, not only it raw, it's still that's still a sure. bleeding situation. No kidding, that's true. And and you know that's what I just, I even commented on that because I, I posted on social media a couple of weeks about ago about it, and I was I was pretty irritated by that. Um, but I also said there is a balance there. There's a balance that can be found between doing your job right. and maintaining not only compassion but ethics. Right. And I think that's where things have really gotten lost. True. And I think that's true. And I think it's that competitiveness that, you know, well, if I don't do it, if I don't jump the gun and get the names out or, or, or push for names, then the guy from the other station is going to do it. And I'm going to look and I'm and my station. But who not is that gonna, really about? Well, but that's for I've got my news director and my producers, you know, being competitive to get the story first. And it goes back to that whole. Do you want to be first? Or do you want to be right? Well, right. But I'm, that's what I'm saying is, you know, competitive to, towards what? Towards bragging rights amongst amongst stations? Well, I mean, do, do, is that really going to be something that benefits the sales department? Hey, we were the first person to say the names of the two kids that were killed in Aztec. No, they're not going to do. They're not going to promote it that way. But but it all adds to the to the status of the station as you know. What's the station you turn to for breaking news? And you know where mm-hmm. where you live now. If something were to blow up tomorrow, you know, in your hometown where you live now, right. you're, there's one station that you'll probably turn to or website or what have you to find out what the heck just happened, right? Yeah, well, I think that backfired on them. Well, uh, sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. But I, I think that, you know, the, the, the bigger topic that we're going to get into is how, you know, 
how journalism has changed, how social media has changed journalism. I do think that it's changed journalism a lot, but True. I also think that just the amount of the amount of value we've put we the amount of value we put on like you said, right, not first. Mm-hmm. And also just having some you know, just have some compassion. I think we've become so surface level and egomaniacal, you know, so self-absorbed. Right. That we don't and, and I remember this is a this is an example of what of how it should be done. Um, Tom Joles, right? Um, great journalist down in New Mexico, um, just retired this past year. Was it just last year? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I remember when I was still living. I actually, down- I actually broke that story. Oh, did you? I did. You were he first. Told me. You yeah, were first. I was first. Oh, here we go. There, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> Case in point. But he told me I got it from his mouth. So yeah. I well, there it was you okay go. That's confirmed. That. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, there was there was a story. Um, where they, I think they had found a, a child's body or something, and um, you know the police and everybody were working around it, and the helicopter was there. Sure. And the helicopter's flying around, and during the live broadcast, Tom says to, because the helicopter reporter can they can right. they're all hearing it. He told them, you know, I, we've I think we've we've gotten enough of that that shot. Yeah. So let's cut to let's go to something, something else. else. Yeah. You know we okay we get it. Yeah. And and I just think that kind of um, that kind of uh, recognition of the situation mm-hmm. is 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 lost. Well, and that's what a good anchor should be able to do is to help filter some of that information as it's coming in. And many times in these situations, and there's breaking news, you've got you know these anchors have people in their ear, their producers or whatever, they're they're sliding them notes on pieces of paper or putting things on the teleprompter or what have you, and so it's. It's really the great skill of an anchor, and Tom was was very skilled very at this, good, yeah. to be able to digest that stuff immediately and then kind of spit back but, out and, 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 and talk about what was important or at least put it in some context. But right? it, why was he good? Let me ask yeah. you that. And that's, that's where I think something's missing. I mean, obviously, it's a rhetorical question. Yeah. Why was he good? He was good because he had years and years and years of experience. That's right. And that's, that's who you should – I mean – the anchor is the face of the entire organization right. in that moment. Right. And that's where I felt like KOB and, – and in all fairness, I didn't see the other, what the other stations did. Right. I, so I have to be fair. I didn't see that. They may have done just as bad, if not worse. I don't know. Sure. Um, but that was, that's where I think they dropped the ball is, you know, it would have been better to have Steve Stucker on the desk because of all of his experience, his years of, you know – well, but and again, maturity. But Steve Stucker is a weather guy, not a news guy. Well, I get that, but I'm saying I'm just even saying. that would have been better. Well, probably in hindsight, you're probably right. Yeah, but again, I think it, it talks about you know that for one thing, I don't think KOB had a plan for when Tom retired. Right. Because most stations, I think Channel 13 did a lot better job when Dick Niffing retired, and they had another guy, um, Dean Staley, in the wings, ready to take over as their. That they main had been grooming guy, right? Right. KOB. Had had no one because they hired someone from out of town who does an adequate job. I don't know him, but yeah, you know. Um, but he made some some strange posts too about this incident that you're talking about that were a little bit inaccurate that were up on the website for quite a while, and it was a little disturbing why well, he would do that. The bigger pic- and I don't know why they would send their main guy to Aztec and then put this other guy on the desk. Right. Well, which yeah. is what apparently they did. Okay. But I think I, I, I think bigger picture wise, it's what has led us to this to yeah, this point. True. Right. Because that the, 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 the process seems to have changed. 
Right. And, well, and it's certainly competitive, and it's certainly the deadlines have, have moved up. You know, before, you know, when you and I were in the television news business, the deadlines were, you know, we need something for five and then work on something for six and then spin it right. around and do something else for ten. And those were our deadlines. And now with social media and Internet, I need something as soon as you can get it posted to our website. Right. You know. So, the okay, the immediacy has changed quite a bit. Right. But what about – I also think that the process of how they decide who to put on the desk seems to have changed because it well, doesn't seem like it's as steeped in journalism and, and you know, credibility and, and experience and maturity as much as it used to be. No, probably And maybe not. it's because I'm getting older, right. but they all seem younger. They do. And, you know, I, I watched, uh, we were... Well, I think you get some, um, you know, when I left i'm trying to think back the timeline here so in 2007 is when the local news at kobf was stopped okay and so for a while they had um they 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 got rid of all of the journalists except for one that was valerie castro who's now at uh i think at uh, in new york city okay which is great to see um but when she left they then hired somebody else who i think was just a high school graduate i don't think even think he had a college degree who replaced you know, us in Farmington, New Mexico. And, yeah. and that was a bit dis- disappointing Yeah, that they would do that. But he looked good on camera. He had a good presence and he had good delivery and he could put a story together, but he didn't have the educational background that many of us um, ex- thought was just the minimum that you needed to get on television and to be a journalist. Yeah. It just, it just seems like a, a, a dying skill. Right. It really does. And, and it seems, you know, maybe that, that immediacy is what's changing the landscape so much, but but, uh, you know, it seems like it's more about, you know, how what kind of following, what kind of, you know, how many followers can this person bring into the station? How many, you know, right. how, how many Instagram followers can they bring? What kind of YouTube presence do they have? Um, because, I you know, I watched a newscast last night. won't say the station, but I watched it. And I'm, I, I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm really shocked because for those of you that don't know how it works, you know, stations are ranked by market size. Right. And so is it. Is it New York one, LA two? Correct. So New York is number one, LA is Chicago, and then yeah. So it kind of goes by the size of the city. Mm-hmm. And uh, is KOB still top fifty? I, think I would so. imagine 47, so. Yeah. I mean, so they've already barely, been like forty-seven, forty-eight. But, yeah. but when you get to the top fifty, that's a that's a that's a significant market size, right? And so I'm watching this newscast out of Albuquerque because I was visiting my dad and. Uh, but I, Albuquerque is a little weird because the whole state is the market, unlike New York City, for example, or L.A. Well, right. Where the it's market a cumulative. is just the metropolitan area. Right. And in New Mexico, they just clump the whole state into basically the market of Albuquerque. And so they get that top 50 stature, even though they're covering a state the size of— How know, many people live in Albuquerque, do you know? Ish. Two million? No. Less than a so. million? I think maybe 400,000. No. Really? Yeah. It's smaller than Colorado Springs? Because Colorado Springs is half a million, which that's where I live. Well, maybe the metro area okay. is a little bit larger. but Okay, so, with, so without that statewide status, they'd be 75 to 100. Right. Somewhere in there. Right. Okay. Still, I'm watching this, and I, it, 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 I, I'm having a hard time believing that this is a top 50 market. Right. Because of the... You know the 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 nerves. Number one, the graphic going up at the wrong time. Um, you know, cutting the mistakes. To, the mistakes. The mistakes. Yeah. Cutting to somebody and their mic's not on yet, and you can you can still hear the girl at the desk saying it. Oh dear. Through this person's mic. I mean, just right. It just seems like you know what happened to journalism. Why why have we lost um, our respect and our need? 
And then now I'm not political at all. Right. But also, you know, when our the leader of our country does nothing but bash journalism, that's not helping. No, not at all. That's true. Yeah. So I, where are we where are we going? Is it is it's scary? Can I we, think it's scary where we're going. Well, what's, because let's go back to if you don't mind going back to the Aztec uh, tragedy in December. Um, you know the rumors on social media in the minutes and hours right immediately after um, what happened, the shooting. You know there was posts going back and forth, and, and I'll you know kind of preface this by saying you know I'm the general manager of a a small station in Farmington, New Mexico. We're a community station. We do radio little, station. Radio station. Pardon me. We do a little bit of news. You know, and and so I was trying to share information, but I learned very quickly when I got here that I don't have the resources, even that I had at, at KOBF with the six people, that we could go out and cover news stories. I mean, I am a, a news department of one, right? And so I I learned very quickly that I can't cover every story that I would want to cover. I can't run out with a a tape recorder or a, a digital audio recorder and and get. Yeah, kids ask your parents what a tape recorder is. Yeah. <laughs> I can't run out and get audio and get sound bites and do all the things that I would like to do as first-person journalism. So a lot of my stuff has to be kind of secondhand or, right. or get people on the phone to confirm what's going on. So with that being said, I would try to be very thoughtful and very conscious about what we were posting on behalf of the radio station to say, here's what we know about this horrible thing that's happened. Here's what we don't know about this horrible thing that has happened. Well, and that's a key word is no. And we're waiting for confirmation. Right. As soon as we know, we will let you know. But anything else that you're seeing is unconfirmed rumor. Right. And and some of the stuff was just crazy of what they were talking about. Like what kind of things were you seeing? Well, that there were three gunmen, that one guy had taken off on foot. He was heading to Bloomfield. Oh, yeah. All this stuff that's just not true was not right. true and when all the other schools started to go on preventative lockdown as well that freaked out all those parents of wondering you know what was yeah. going on but by you know you have to be understand that as law enforcement try to figure out what is going on if this is part of a bigger attack or bigger threat or bigger what have you until they know it's best to lock those kids down at the yeah, school and all of that makes sense absolutely yeah. but th- that's the thing is and like, i know and, and you're a parent, so I know parents can be very emotional if they think their child is in danger oh, yeah. or threatened or, or what have you. And the next thing you want to do is be at that child's school. And that's probably the worst place the police want well, parents because they've got an active uh, scene going on. Let's also take it another level as far as the social aspect is concerned. Okay. People also like to feel important. Well, sure. And part of feeling important is, you know, to me, social media, the danger in social media is like it's a little... Of, of affirmation. Right. You post something, you get a life or a like or a comment, you get that little wisp right. of affirmation in that moment. And so if, and, and I'm not accusing anybody of anything, but it, you know, it, you can talk directly out of your ass and say something that makes no sense and you get a lot of attention for it. Right. That's going to start spreading. Sure. And it's like, guys, nobody's thinking about the, the, the side effects of that, you know, the byproduct of that. Right. And, and so, you and I think about it all the time because we're we were trained and, and we're used to that from our time in television and yeah. and just as as broadcasters and and people that kind of know that when you say things out loud in public, people are listening to you and they're going to take what you say with credibility and, and and repeat it because they they trust us. Yeah. No. And 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 there's a lot of power in that. And you know that's also just as a sidebar. That's one of my favorite quotes from Edward Murrow. He says, just because you say something that can be heard around the world doesn't mean that it has any more meaning than if you say it from the end of the bar. That's true. You know what I'm saying? And so credibility, but, but that is all, it's all kind of been dissolved 
right. by social media and the open market True. of information. Well, and, and some of my Facebook friends were kind of sheepish the day after this happened by saying, oh, I'm so sorry if I posted something that wasn't right, but I was so emotional and so caught up in the moment. And, but that, that, that doesn't help you. That, that shouldn't be the case. You should post stuff that you're sure of that's right. accurate because you're part of the problem when you're just sharing misinformation. Well, and, and you know, I would say that one of the, you know, if there's a, if there's a, a handful of, of uh, you know, like uh, the Bill of Rights of journalism, the, 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 the Ten Commandments of journalism, right. one of those would be emotion is not part of your story. Right. You can have it on. You can have your emotions, but it's not supposed to be part of what you project out. That's right. It's supposed to be, it's supposed to be comprehensive, quantifiable um, stuff that you know that can be corroborated. And that's why, even to this day, I think I'm extremely careful about anything that I say, whether it's about news or anything that I say. I don't want to say anything that I can't back up with truth. Right. And 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 I think that's the danger in the social media landscape that has bled over into the journalism landscape is that we're just going to let's get it out there. Right. And, and it's almost like that, you know, let's let's it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission kind of thing. Right. Let's That's just true. throw it out there. Let's sling it against the wall. Sure. And then we'll apologize for it later. Right. And and again, television's changing. Media is changing. You know, we're doing a podcast, which is a whole new animal of uh, journalism and, right. and, and stuff that's out there. And, you know, and anybody you know, with a smartphone, you you have much more equipment than that, but can do a podcast sure. these days. And so it's really um, disrupting a lot of these old-fashioned, traditional media businesses. We've seen it in print, and now we're seeing it kind of come for TV and, and to radio to a certain degree. I mean, we're doing some things at the radio station that are new and different because of the changing landscape and the demand of the consumer of how they want their, their news. And so for these TV stations, they're I think they're trying a lot of things, throwing stuff out there to see what sticks, what gets them competitive, what keeps the yeah. ad revenue coming in to keep those stations afloat. Because that's really what it's all about is, is how do you pay for this? Well, but I, I, I think that the one thing that uh, the question that, that is really raised that I think we should discuss here and now is, you know, what what is the danger of that? Because, well, what, what is the danger of, you know, and some of some of you listening might think that it's archaic and it, you know, I mean, it's like a dinosaur to talk about, you know, these old journalism ways, but it's not. There was a reason that right. that they were important. There was a reason that at one point journalism was actually considered the fourth branch of government. It right. was the watchdog function for those, you know, histo- those historians that appreciate this stuff. We were considered the fourth branch of government and the watchdog function because we reported what people couldn't. That's the difference, mm-hmm. is that we reported what people couldn't see and hear for themselves so that they could make assessments based on truthful information with both sides of the story that they could decide. Right. But now, everything's just out there. It's a free-for-all. Well, and everybody kind of looks at things through a partisan lens, I think, that says, well, why are you reporting the story that way? Are you really a Republican? Are you really a Democrat? There's a lot of partisan stuff that comes into this um, when we look at, at what the media used to do by just trying to be that, that watchdog. Now, right. think about Watergate. You know, if that happened today, Ugh. can you imagine, you know, oh, you're trying to bring down the president because he's a Republican or, or, or whatever the case may be because what did Nixon ever do to you or, you know, those types yeah. of things. Um, it just automatically goes to a political, you know, bigger threat or 
I don't know. No, conspiracy. It's, I I agree with you because it, it's it's now gotten to where you can't believe anything, right? Fully, right? And or and, wonder what else is part of the story that we don't know. It, well, yeah, and it's it's created this level of cynicism, and and the the danger in that is you can't really base. You can't base your, your, your opinions or your decisions or your thoughts on anything because there's nothing sturdy anymore that you can say, okay, that's the truth. I'm gonna, And that's the hard part. Even, even things that seem so self-evident, so apparent right. as truth, you eventually find out aren't right. or that were somehow. So yeah. and it's like you said, I mean, you, you talk about Watergate. Uh, you know, again, this is a horrible part of our history, but can you imagine – September 11th, if there would had been social media at that time. Oh, my gosh. Right? Yeah. Uh, and the rumors the, that, were oh. post, that would be posted and reposted or shared. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's a scary thought. I mean, that – well, and, yeah, cause I'm sorry. I'm just thinking while, while we're talking about that. I mean, also think about the things we would have seen from inside that building. Mm-hmm. People posting. Right. People, you know, sharing. People doing this and doing that. Right. I mean, we probably would have had a completely – a much more frightening – I mean, it was bad enough, right? But it would have been a much more frightening experience if it had, if social media had been around. I think that's true. So, but but, yeah. but I mean, what are the? I mean, what are the long term effects that that could potentially well, think, come from this? Well, I think the media will will regulate itself and kind of weed itself out eventually um, because it's a business. And so, if you're you know again, if you're if you're not making money doing it, eventually it's going to. They're going to find a way to do it. But then it goes back to the consumer, I think, which is you and me and everybody else who, who right. watches news and gets news or whatever. And I think we have a responsibility to think about where we get our news from and what news sources we support and those types of things. And if, you know, if if we keep gravitating towards news sources that just agree with our socio-political beliefs, that's really not giving us another view of the topic of the of the issue. But then, but I think to, you know, by saying it puts it in the hands of the consumer and then the, you know, the news organizations are going to do what, what, you know, what's appreciated by the consumer. I mean, that's the thing is that the, the typical consumer has completely changed. Right. And so if news organizations are actually uh, appealing to the consumer, I think we're actually more danger than we were before because they're going to do and and consume when i say consumers have shifted they they like the more controversial stuff or the more you know whatever whatever adjective you want to throw in there and so they might not be as interested in the truth as they are as what entertains right you know what's you know what's but that's the problem i think and that's what answers your question is that is the issue that you know if i'm you know just wanting to watch news that agrees with my political beliefs, then I'm not really getting a full, right. you know, a, a full neutral um, diet of, of news that I need to know about to be a, I think to be an informed citizen, if I'm going to go vote, if I'm going to make decisions on these things in the voting booth, I should take it upon myself as a consumer to, n- to learn about these issues. But and are people, people as it. interested in being an informed consumer as they no. are about being entertained by watching the no. train wreck? Right. And that's, Right. Because that's that's what the whole Aztec thing, that's what bothered me is it seemed more of like, let's exploit the train wreck. Let's right. exploit this horrible incident um, and let's see if we can get this. I mean, I I I was nauseated literally by by not so much even the second interview where he's asking for names. I was more nauseated by by the zeal they got by how close they came the first time. 
Right. That's what I saw. Yeah. And that's when I was like, I cannot believe. And, and I mean, it's I, apparently somebody there, either they did it because somebody does have some actual journalistic skills that says, what are you doing? Or they were so much backlash, they threw that, you know, that haphazard apology out there. Right. Did you see that? No. No. So they came. They did one. They, okay. Oh, they came back on the air and tried to. They, they they tried to whitewash, you know, and say, oh, well, you know, things, you know, get emotional and, and you know, sometimes things happen quickly. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Right. Because I don't want, again, I don't want to say what was said. I can't remember exactly. Sure. But it was basically a, an attempt at an apology. Okay. Well, and I don't think it's even still on their website or anything. I, I've tried to look for it after Probably you a good move. It to my attention, and I couldn't find it. So I think they've tried to move on, which is smart, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, it's uh, – I just I, it just scares me, you know, what the long term effects. And I mean, you know, I, right. I've got a 17 year old. I've got a 14 year old. I've got a four year old. And so it, it's it's extremely frightening to me. Like, do they care about what I mean? Not my kids. I mean, so much. But I mean, just that that generation in general. Right. Do they care about what's going on in the world? Do they care about what is truth? Do they care about, you know? And so, you know, is it shifting because. People don't seem to care so much about truth as they do about being entertained. Um, is that why you know we're we're gonna we're gonna put better entertainers up there or better looking entertainers up there than actual journalists? You know, right? Um, that's the thing is you know a lot of things have to evolve. Things are changing. You have to change with them. But is that something that if we lose that, it's gonna it can't be good? No, it can't. But again, it's it's consumer driven, unfortunately, and here's, that's where we are. You know, that's why we have partisan news, cable news channels. You know, it's all it's all driven by the consumer. And that is, uh, you know, that's a problem, I think. Well, another major difference, too, is it, it's it's become so watered down because, right. you know, obviously. And again, I'm not trying to sound archaic, but even not that long ago, you had three networks to choose from. Right. And and their nightly news person, that was like, that was the pinnacle of journalism, mm-hmm. was being the nightly news anchor for one of the three networks. Right. And so, but now, I mean, there's there's so much, not only did cable and, you know, you've got so many channels now, but now with social media, it, like you said, anybody with a smartphone could throw stuff out there. That's right. And so that landscape has changed a little bit. Exactly. You know, that, that nightly news, that evening newscast from the networks that used to be the must-watch newscast isn't anymore because the people want to get news are going to go online they're going to get it you know where where have you and so well and that's a, where where is the where have you where where is the credible news sources anymore right well that's a no it's a legitimate question that's true where are they who do you trust i mean what where do where would you go for news well you know i try to get a mix of news because i know that there's not a good neutral you know, source anymore. You know, Fox is going to be... It's like you have to throw ingredients in to get... You have to, right. Uh, Fox is going to give me the Republican side spin of it. It's more conservative. <laughs> CNN may be a little more liberal. MSNBC a little more liberal. I mean, NPR would be a little more, I think, liberal slanted as well. You know, my station runs BBC News, which is, on you know, a focus on North America from a British point of view. Right. You know, but they have staff here. Um, but it's interesting. So I'm, I'm always amazed at the, the story choices that they have because, you know, it's a lot more of a global 
look at, right. at what's going on around the world. It's not just the United States, and that's another part of this is that you know the United States is is one player in this global True. world and economy. Um, and, and even though we we know it's a great country and we have a lot of great things that happen here, we are still part of this interconnected world, and so what happens here does affect other places and vice versa. Well, and you know I've. I've been in a lot of other places in the world. My, my, you know, right. I've spent a lot of time in South Africa lately because my wife is, is in South Africa, from South Africa. Uh, I've spent a time, you know, time in Europe and and um, lots of other lots of other places. And I I will say I've noticed that the news there does have more of that that it seems to have more of that neutral, straightforward. You know, this these are the facts kind of thing. Right. Whereas. We really have become more watered down over here. And is that because the news in those other countries are maybe more government um, funded? It could be. You it know? could be that they're more government and it's funded. it's not the, the free enterprise system that we love dearly here in the United States? It could be that. Another, another thing, another thing that uh, I think has an effect on that is proximity. Right. Because in the United States, we are a massive nation made of 50 states that are in one, one area. Mm-hmm. Um, but yet we are pretty self-contained. Whereas you go to Europe and you, you know, you can, you've got 20, 30 countries in a very small area. True. And so you, you're talking about a lot of different things that a lot of different nations that are being affected as opposed to one nation in, in one air, one big area. Right. And so I do think that there, there's more crossover there. Right. And so, uh, and, but the government funded thing could definitely be a part of it. Okay. Um, but I do know that it just, it does come off as more straightforward, fact-based news. Right. Um, but one of the things I think is interesting, and maybe I don't want to necessarily change the subject, but when we worked for Channel 4, Channel 12 uh, in Farmington and television, you know, it was owned by a very relatively smaller company than some of these stations are today. I mean, the Hubbard Broadcasting is a family-owned company. They had maybe six or seven other TV stations. Mm. I don't think much more than that. And so there really wasn't any, you know, we never got any edicts about how to cover stories or things like that. It was fairly, we were fairly independent, I think. Yeah, even I would say at, so. Yeah. Those, in those days. And today, you know, there's a lot more with the Sinclairs and some of the things that are happening of some of the mergers or the, these big, you know, companies that are trying to pick up affiliates all over the country um, and have a certain political view, yeah. viewpoint. Yeah. Um, that's a concern for some folks too, but there's nothing that there's nothing illegal about them doing that, buying up stations. No, I mean it's it's definitely not good, and it goes against the grain of what journalism is supposed to be about. If you've got a monopoly, right? I mean, I, but or, a lot of folks watch the news and they don't know who owns the station. Sure. You never knew Hubbard Broadcasting owns KOB. Who knew? Who would know that unless yeah. they really cared about the minutia of that type of information? Well, and another thing that doesn't help is. You know, like I said, at one point being the pinnacle, you know, being that that nightly news anchor was the pinnacle. But that also was the person of credibility that so many people depended on, like Cronkite. Mm -hmm. Cronkite probably, you know, he dictated a lot of people's decisions in life. Right. Just because if he said it, it was he was credible enough that you could believe it. Sure. But if you remember about Cronkite, though, too, he he took a stand about the Vietnam War. Well, right. You know, I mean, eventually. You know, I think even the White House said, you know, gosh, if we've lost Cronkite, we've lost the country. And but that so, just goes to show what a, what what journalism used to mean to people. Sure. And the same thing with Murrow. I mean, when Murrow said something, right. you could you could bank on it. Right. And you could also 
again, you know, Murrow took a stance against McCarthy. Right. And, you know, I think – but those are some pretty big issues that these guys took stances on. And as that film points out that you mentioned, which is a great film to watch, you know, Murrow's smartness about this the whole McCarthy thing was the timing that he waited until the timing was right. I mean, mm-hmm. he knew, I think, early on that it, that he would have to take on McCarthy, but he waited until the time was right in order to kind of make the most of his power as a broadcaster and as a journalist right. to, to, to have the most impact on what McCarthy was doing and to be able to get folks to who maybe weren't persuaded to maybe think twice about it. Right. Right. And, but, but what I was, what I was getting at is, you know, the, you've got these guys that at one point meant so much mm-hmm. to the, to the American public and especially the people that paid attention to the news. Right. It doesn't help the situation that you've now, you've, you've got Dan Rather and that whole debacle sure. with the memo. You've got what Brian Williams went through and his thing. Right. And now we're dealing with the whole Matt Lauer thing. Right. That doesn't help. Nope. And so, <laughs> but it just, I think what, number one, it just, it, it just angered me, the, the lack of compassion and understanding. That's, that was the catalyst to this whole wanting to talk about this. Sure. But it also concerns me about, you know, it just it scares me where we're going as a culture when we're not educating ourselves. We're not, you know, I, I'm sorry, but when I was over when I was over in South Africa with with uh, with Des and uh, they were the presidential election was going on, we're a joke to other countries, and I hate that. I hate that we've lost our credibility, and I hate that. I mean, that it just keeps happening day after day. These these you know, fake news things and right. you know, all that stuff. It just uh, it just makes me sad that that you know young people aren't educating themselves on the you know what's going on in the world and it it just seems like we're just we're going downhill quickly and I don't know that just really it it really disheartened me seeing that and I could see why I mean I understand no yeah. and and I don't know what the answer is I wish I did yeah well the the it just doesn't feel like it it just doesn't feel like we're gonna get back on track with that and and then so you know ultimately that leaves nothing but the question okay if we're not going to get back on track on it what's what's at the end of that right where's it heading well it's almost the fact that you want people that are in the industry to realize what they're doing from the inside out to stop doing that to try to you know take a stand or reverse the trends or or whatever and that's tough i mean it's difficult to do because Again, they're in there. They're making money. They're yeah. trying to make money. They're trying to compete. They don't know. And then you've got this upstart blog over here and this YouTube channel over there. And how do you compete with all that? And that's the nature of the business, I think, today, which they yeah. haven't had to deal with in the past. It just it, it does. I mean, it, it's really watered down now. And, 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 you know, obviously we can't we can't have the three major networks like we used to. And that's it. And right. that's good because it's opened up so much such a wealth of information to people. Sure. Um, but we've lost the ability to discern number one, what's real and what's not. And we've lost the ability to discern what I should say and what I shouldn't. Right. And, you know, we've also lost the ability to, to have the compassion or the understanding to say, this might do some damage. This might not, you know, I shouldn't mislead people. So it's just, uh, you know, as an old school journalist and, and, and you being one as well, I just, you know, I was very curious as to what your opinion was on it. And, 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 uh, yeah, I hate it. I don't like it. I don't I mean, either. I, I, I just, and I think it's, you know, we're at fault, we journalists, of letting this happen, you know, yeah. of letting, and I think you're starting to see a little bit of pushback, you know, against maybe some of the things about 
journalism, but you know, I was always proud to call myself a journalist. Yeah. Until I saw that you know the public trusts us less than a used car salesman. I think these days, and so that's well, that's yeah. not good. Well, and it's it's you know, you know it, I don't like it either, and I don't like that you know when I I get up in the morning and grab a cup of coffee and I sit down to see what's going on. Right. The first thing I think when I read anything is, well, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Right. You know, you can't. You hate that you can't trust anything. So. Right. Exactly. Anyways, man, uh, believe it or not, we're actually out of time. Uh, um, we'll see? But uh, I just... Well, I just wanted to point out, even the Juhu Roadshow has a logo, you know, so it looks pretty slick. Thanks, man. So, you know, you're competing with the big guys. I'm competing with you the know, big guys, that's yeah. That's what I'm saying. And I'm sure my, my listenership will get up to that level soon, too. I'm but sure it will. I, you know, I, I, hope that this, I hope that this conversation... Um, you know, maybe spark some thought into into you know into the listeners that that do dial in and 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 you know pick up on this of okay, at least question some things. Yeah, right. At least question some things and 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 you know think about what kind of information you're. You know, information is is food that feeds the brain. So, what kind of food am I feeding my brain? What kind of that's right. Because that's gonna that's gonna it affects your daily decisions. It affects your it affects your long term uh, your long term decisions, your political decisions, your every kind of decision. That's true. And so put some thought into that. Right. And and think about what is it that I'm sharing to my other friends? Because you are like a small broadcaster. You are sharing things on your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed, whatever it is, and your friends are gonna look at that as legit information. Yeah. You know, uh, it's funny that you say that because I think. It, it reminds me one of the one of the main lessons that I've taught my my kids seriously is that the one thing we always have is our words. You know, the words stem from us. They come from us. They Right. So your words have to mean something and they have to be they need to be truthful. So because if you lose if you lose people's ability to believe your words you've lost just about everything and we have to we have to remember that when we speak to each other when we share things with each other when we pass on things from somebody else um there are consequences to those things well right and whether it's whether it's nbc nightly news or whether it's what you're telling people on social media you're absolutely right think about what you're saying and if you're wrong that impacts your credibility and people aren't as apt to believe you the next time and you do that too many times, and you're gone. Well, and it's like my dad taught me when I was a kid. You know, you quit once, it gets easier to quit every time. Well, you know, you you, you say things that you know are wrong, or you you know you say it and you know you're wrong the first time, it gets easier every time. Right. I, I really believe that. And, you know, again, you know, we got more into the social media thing, but I think the journalists need to really – journalists need to stop and think about that. They do. You know, what are the motives behind what you're doing and saying? Is what you're doing and saying true? Right. And, and can you prove that it's true? And if it's not true and it goes against the grain of what you believe, are you still going to say it? Because that's the thing is it, you know, this is not so much associated to the Aztec thing, but just as a journalist, you know, you don't, you're not part of the story. And so you still, you still have to report the truth, whether you like it or not. Right. And for goodness sake, dude, put your put yourself in the shoes of the people that you're because you know what? When you're in the news, when you're in news, we get to get in the truck and drive off. And the people you just reported on have to they still have to live there. They still have to live that life. 
Well, that's the problem of having out-of-town reporters coming in to cover a story like like anything, you know, is that I call them carpetbagger journalists. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. But, you know, when you and I were here working and living in this community, you know, we would see these folks in the grocery store. We would see these folks at church or see these folks in the store or whatever. Yeah. And if they didn't like a story, they didn't. They weren't shy about telling you fa- to your face. Right. These folks that, that, that drive in from Albuquerque or fly in, fly out, um, don't have that same commitment to the community. And so that's unfortunate. Well, yeah, and that's but that I, I think any anybody that's able to see and hear what you're saying, they're part of your community. They should get it. They're, well, yeah. they're part of your community. Right. You know, and 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 you have to understand the relationship that we have with subject matter as a journalist. And I, one quick example is I when I was working with you, um, I um I went out to do a story on a, a woman or a, a, boy, a guy who's arrested for selling drugs. And I went out and, you know, we're on the public road, so it's, it's legal. Right. I'm not on their property. Right. And I'm shooting the house because this is where he was arrested. Well, this shooting wo- with a camera. Shooting with a camera. This woman comes out and she starts throwing rocks at me because I'm shooting their house. And, and you know, initially, obviously, she's mad. She's embarrassed. She's pissed off at us because we're doing this. So I'm, I'm yelling at her. Um, as she's throwing rocks, I'm like, stop, stop, you know? And then finally I got her to stop throwing rocks. And I said, listen, and I, I, my hands were up like, so Mm -hmm. I'm not shooting. I said, but listen, number one, it's not my fault that this happened. Right. Um, and number two, you know, you don't, you're already, you don't want to make it worse by damaging our property because now you're breaking law. But look the bottom line is it's not my fault. We're just reporting it. You know, so, but today a journalist would be like, they'd be shooting it on their phone and trying to live feed it and trying to exploit that person. But you just, you have to have some compassion towards the people. I mean, I understand what she was upset about, but shit, I'm just trying to do my job. Right. But it just seems like, I don't know, they've just lost the connection with people and I just, we're going in a, in a bad direction very quickly. I agree. So. And it's sad to see. It is. It's really sad. It is. But anyways, that's, that's our soapbox. Uh, on journalism i hope that uh you hope that you all you know at least stop and think a little bit about what we're talking about and question things question the news that you that you intake and that you output exactly yeah anything else i'm good thank you for the time yeah no thanks for thanks for talking about this with me and and and, uh um yeah everybody just you know think about what the, the environment around you and the information you're putting in and the information you're putting out because it does have an effect so um thanks to scott micklin for joining us um make sure and check us out on monday in the jew who road show and next friday uh with our next special guest so uh you're not going to want to miss that um uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at the Juhu Roadshow, or you can support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash Juhu. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash J-U-H-U. That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, appreciate you tuning in, and uh, Lance is going to take you out of here. Take it away, buddy. <laughs>